It was no Baycott, but turned out to be a big problem for the Heels. They lacked two bigs last night. It was Virginia Vanderplas and McNeely stealing the show. But more importantly than that, where does North Carolina go from here? Caleb Love, I'm trying to tell you that ISO ball ain't going to be sustainable. And we had an ACC team get their first conference win of the night. Let's talk about it on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us here wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on YouTube. We are on the road to 1,000, and we cannot do it without you. So we highly, highly recommend you subscribe to the channel where you can listen to all things ACC all the time. Talking about some hoops today. We got some good men's games to go over and preview some women's games to talk about. But the bigs for North Carolina were down for the count. And it proved to be costly, maybe, for the Heels ultimately when all said and done. They were taken down by Virginia 65 to 58. And we're going to talk about how, you know, every, there's every side to the story, right? There's good, bad, and ugly, like we always say here on this show. And for me, I'm just saying, while it's good that some of the North Carolina players, the Jalen Washington, Seth Trimble, got some run, it's a little shaky that and ugly. We're still having to figure out why this North Carolina team who started out number one and number one this season is not really panning out to what they were supposed to be. I mean, I, I think the answer to that is is pretty simple. This is um, a team that very simply does not play enough or does not have enough sets that are ready to roll, that are easy, drawn up. Hey, that's a bucket every day and twice on Sunday. And, yeah. and that's, that is not really on the players as much as many people would like to put it. Um, if you saw when when the turning point happened and Virginia took the lead um, about midway through the, the second half, there were two shots where I can say, hey, that's a moment where you say my player can fill up the fill it up. And that's what happened. McNeely and, and Vanderplas hit two big shots where you're like, hey, if they hit that shot, you live with that. Everything else, it was all some type of motion or some type of action where you're like, oh, my God, that is that is they knew how that defense was going to react to them cutting or diving or setting a pick right here. And they had somebody wide open at the rim or they had somebody attacking the rim with a smaller defender on them or something along those lines to where you're like, hey, Tony Bennett did his thing. Shout out to him. So are you giving the criticism more to Hubert Davis on last night's matchup than you are to the players necessarily? Oh, the, the entire season, the entire season. I, I, I would put this, this entire season on Hubert. Um, but there's, there's also a certain part of that, that like your players have to uh, do certain things. Your players have to play a certain way um, in order for you to be successful. And when you look at last night in particular, if you're going to see a night where Caleb Love and R.J. Davis combine for 29 points and have more turnovers than assists and are without Baycott and Nance, I mean – there's there really is not much that you can do with that, especially seeing as how, you know, at the end of the day, we talk about ISO ball all you you can talk about ISO ball all you want, but there's very basic things you can do to get open and, and, and you know, kind of 
make defenses uncomfortable and make defenses adjust via the drive or or via um, just a simple pick and roll that these players just don't really seem to have, which is surprising because last year after the season, we're talking about how many of these guys are going to the league. And it's it's apparent why they came back. It's apparent. The synergy is definitely off. I think they're not playing as a cohesive group for sure. But I will say a nod to Jalen Washington and Seth Trimble having to step up. And my criticism of Hugh Davis would be about time. Like, you need to have them more. You can't solely rely on Armando. I know Armando's the guy. I know Pete Nance has been a nice addition. But you have to have a different – like, the rotations have to be a little bit better. So when you are in the heat of battle, you are having these away games that they can't quite figure out how to win yet you are able to have guys who are used to it, who know how to live in the moment and capitalize and seize big-time energy and big-time moments. So that would be my critique on that. But they're the losers. Why waste our breath? Let's talk about Virginia. McNeely, I mean, goodness gracious, have a night, sir. Ben Vanderplas, have a night, sir. I think when you hit clutch threes to just take people emotionally out of games, it's such a great opportunity for your program to really kind of get their feet back wet in terms of being the Virginia that we're used to seeing, as well as you mentioned Tony Bennett coached a hell of a game. I'll tell you what, that Isaac McNeely is going to be a problem in the ACC for uh, some years to come here. Yeah. Against Syracuse, he was a key factor in them winning the game last game. Against UNC this game, he's a key factor for them winning again. 57% from the floor last game, 80% from the floor this game. Both games above 50% shooting from the three-point line, 57% in the last game, 75% in this game. I, I'll i tell you what. Sometimes in, in very tough and difficult matchups, especially in basketball more than almost any other sport, you need the unsung heroes, the unheralded guys, the guys who may not be number one or two on the scouting report to just have a night, just show up and have a night. And McNeely showed up, and he had a night that is just – it's not on the scout report for him to, to drop in 11. It's not on the scout report. Even the, the sole um, two-pointer that he scored was off pump faking the three, driving the lane, and hitting a little mid-range floater that was like, where did he get that from? Everybody, the scout report says this is a three-point shooter, three-point shooter. He's going to stand on that perimeter and knock it down from there. He showed he could put it on the floor a little bit as well. I mean, that is the type of stuff that wins you these types of games that are important, that you feel like we should be up more, but we aren't. We've had to come back in this game for some reason, despite the fact that they're missing all their bids. And a guy like him shows up and says, hey, it's all right. I got it. I'll carry this the rest of the way. Let me get in to figure it out. A thousand percent. And I think not only him, but another bench factor was Ben Vanderplas, who had the most points of the night being 17. But to me, the negative or the knock or the ones we had to just tighten up a little bit, Shedrick and Gardner getting that, you know, ticky tacky fouls, right? Having the emotions kind of take them, get the best of them at times. I think to only have five points combined and be your starters is something you definitely want to tighten up a bit, but it helps when you can lean on other players to play big and big moments. And I think for Virginia, you have guys like Kihei Clark, who are never going to have, you know, out the wad type of numbers, but that assist, those assists are going to be clutched. Not too many tonight, but he's going to have to keep that momentum going and rolling as they get through the season. I think the most disappointing part about Gardner and, and Shedrick was the lack of rebounding. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's something that, again, they're missing their best bigs. They're missing their best bigs. That is the time where y'all need to show up and take the game over. Yeah. And maybe not from a scoring standpoint. You don't need to drop – there are multiple ways to take a game over. You don't need to drop 30, 
drop 40 to do so. You can take the game over by making it clear, hey, everything in this little painted area here, this is ours. So stay out, yeah. you know, yeah. play with something safe because we aren't what you need to play with. When the ball goes up off that rim in this here area, oh, it's ours. So I hope you all enjoy yourselves and uh, have a good night. Their leading rebounder on the night was, I believe, their second leading scorer in uh, Beekman. So, you know, that's, again, that's that's something that you'd like to see. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was Franklin who was their leading uh, leading rebounder. But at the end of the day, again, Armand Franklin is a guy who's known as a high-intensity defender and all that good stuff. And the reality is your bigs need to be big and play yeah. big. And that's, you know, like you said, Gardner and, and Cedric, there was, there was some times there where they kind of disappeared into the background of the game where you were just like, what's going on there? But they came away with a win. And that's all that matters. And you'd much rather learn a lesson in the win. You'd much rather what, turn on the film and say, so boxing out here, was it optional? Did that Was that like a thing that you just decided not to do in this possession? In a win than a loss. 100%. And I think final question as we take away from this game, you know, is it panic mode for North Carolina as they have to finish out the rest of the season? Or should we even feel even much better for Virginia after this win? I would say... Neither. I would say that it's not panic time for UNC yet because because they have really, really good talent. They have really good guards, really good bigs, really talented. The the thing that they need, like you said, is synergy. There's something that is clearly off there where guys don't want to share the ball, where certain guys have never seen the shot that they didn't like, where guys, when you're getting great dribble penetration drawing in three defenders are not looking for okay wait where's my man in dunking position okay wait where's my man in the corner okay wait if there's three guys here now last time i checked i don't know if they changed the rules only five guys can be on the court at the time so if there's three on you then that means that you've got five guys too somebody got to be open you know so um there's there's you know something going on there and as far as this injury stretch right now um, that they're looking at, it's it's a it's a tough tough little moment there, but I think that they can figure it out. Now for UVA, I will say this: uh, McNeely Isaac McNeely showing up is something to look forward to. Is a development where you're like, okay, this team could be really good, but if their bigs don't perform better, I mean, you'll have a tough time. I'm not saying that you know they have to be Ralph Sampson out there uh, swatting away every shot putting up 20 points, getting 15 rebounds. I'm not saying that. You have to show up and do a good job because you're going to play better bigs than what you saw last night. You're going to play better bigs than what you saw last night. And if you are going to count on Vanderpaws and McNeely going forward to be um, the guys, I don't know how your season is going to go. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Great questions, great thoughts as we transition to the next men's basketball ACC matchup. But first, we want to remind you guys about our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, they have got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find Bet Online there as well. Even find that at Bet Online as well. A lot of great games here as we head through the rest of the season for basketball. So make sure you get in on that action again by going to betonline.net. 
All right, rocking and rolling with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack talking through what should be a very exciting time for the folks in Notre Dame getting their first ACC win of the season. You know, at the end of the day, however you get it is how you got it, and a dub is a dub. Overtime and all, 73-72 victory for the Fighting Irish over the Yellow Jackets. And, you know, we talked about panic mode or not panic mode, but it seemed to be the battle of the bottom. You know, both teams desperate for wins in the ACC, and they're just clawing their way. But, hey, positive, you're better than Louisville. So, heads heads up high. And I think, ultimately, you know, Dane Goodwin had a great night, having 19 points, and then Nate Lazuski was able to be in some clutch free throws towards the end of the game. And, I'm excited to see, you know, guys at least get an opportunity to feel what that conference win is like. So maybe that can carry them towards the next part of the season. You know, and when you're when you're looking at this game and you're talking about what Georgia Tech did or didn't do and, and what Notre Dame did or didn't do to win, I think that there is one thing that is going to be very clear and, and kind of walk away here that bites Georgia Tech a little bit. Their inability to to hit effectively from three is something that you're going to look at and say, oh, man, that's tough. That's tough because at the end of the day, they did almost everything else right. They dominated on the boards. They did a good job. Not a good – not a great job, but a good job (laughs) of taking care of the ball. They did a good job of taking care of the ball. They didn't have a a bunch of just god-awful turnovers for the most part. But it's it's just always going to be a tough time when you look at the final score and you say, how did we lose this game? How did we not figure it out? And at the end of the day, when you say, how did you not figure it out? It's because your starters just did not show up. Your starters did not show up in any meaningful way. And, you know, anytime you're looking at your starters, and I'm going to read these off to you and and tell me if these sound like starter numbers to you, okay? (laughs) Please. Other than Franklin, he was the only one. Javon Franklin was the only one to shoot 50% or better from the floor for this team. Other than that, you've got Howard, one of three. Kelly, three of 10. Coleman, two of eight. Terry, one of nine. All the other starters, not named Javon Franklin, <laughs> combined for 23 points. Yeah. I tough. mean, that's that's, that's always going to be a, a, a hard, a, a hard remedy to overcome there. Yeah, a thousand percent. Also, you know, you had help. There was foul trouble on that Notre Dame side, right? You had guys picking up three fouls, trying to figure out their way, but they were still able to squeak out a win. And I think for both, we, like I said, for the last group, you start to have some reassessments. I think Trey Wirtz was really good from three. I think that ultimately... Notre Dame is going to have to still put together better games than this. You shouldn't have to take it to overtime, especially when, you know, a team just had an off night. You can't really rely on those bad 23 point combined for four players to be somewhere, some sort of success going into the rest of the conference play. Now I say all that to say, I'm excited about what I think Notre Dame can do. I still think they have a great coach in them. They have player, they have it. They have it to be like three more, three more ACC wins in them. Three more. That's all I'm asking. Oh yeah, three, three more ACC wins. I think that's possible for sure. Okay. You know? I don't know what I this good team that you were talking about was there. I don't I know. I think they're decent. Okay. I don't know. Zuski's well, been there for like 45 years, so let's start there. But like, I think they have decent. Okay, all right. Does three more. There, three more. Three more. Does being there for a long time mean you're good? And also, you just predicted them to have four ACC wins. <laughs> I don't think that's a good team. I don't know. <laughs> Call me crazy. Call me crazy, but, but I, I mean, like if you look around the bin, like, and there's nobody really dominating besides Clemson and Pittsburgh, but you know, there's still a lot of season left. 
I mean, I, I that's fair, but there's a difference between dominating and seeing you winning four games total. And there's a a wide chasm between those two. Of like, <laughs> hey, you're going to win four conference games this year. You're a good team, Bucko. What? <laughs> um, I was I think trying to be positive. I was trying. I, I think that spells by what 15, 16 conference losses. Like that's a, you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure. Not sure. If that's a good team. Not sure. <laughs> But you know this. I will say this about uh, about this Notre Dame team. They had every reason to roll over and just kind of give this game up. They, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not the craziest thing in the world or whatever the case may be to say, hey, this is a game that you could easily lose. This is a game where you can go ahead down the stretch and say, well, you know, we we thought we were going to win, and then halfway through the second half. Georgia Tech kind of took over. We were up, but then they took over, and oh man, what was us? Here it goes again. But they didn't do so, right? Yeah. Not saying that this Georgia Tech team is world beaters by any means, but they still fought back. They still said, "Hey, there's still some ball left to play." Down seven points with basically four minutes left, they still fought back and took this thing to overtime. And at that point, again, when you take it to overtime after a team has that type of lead on you a team that already is not very good in their own right in Georgia Tech, you're going to generally have a, a deflated, depleted team that you can kind of find a way um, to get a win off of. 100%. So as it stands, top five teams currently, Clemson is 5-0 and in the ACC. Miami, Pitt are both 4-1. Virginia and Virginia, Wake is 4 and Try that again. Virginia's four and two. Wake is three and two. Duke is three and two. So, I mean, Clemson doing the damn thing. Not who I saw being a dominant uh, ACC team here in the men's side of things, but there's still a lot of basketball to be played. And speaking of which, we've got some really good women's games happening on Thursday night that we want to touch base here on. I just feel like as if ever you feel down about men's basketball, just Turn your eyes to the women's side of things, and I promise you, you'll have a much better day because there's always going to be a very good game in the midst. Let's start with NC State and Florida State taking on action here tonight at 6 p.m. on ACC Network on Thursday. Excuse me. I think that this is probably going to be one of the better games we're here going into the season, depending on which Florida State team shows up. I'm going to tell you this. the uh, This is the old River Baldwin game. She transferred out of there as their starting center last year, transferred into NC State. And and I'm looking at this game as like a, a yardstick for how good uh, is Florida State because we saw with Virginia that, you know, that Virginia team walked into that game, I believe, what was it, 12-1 and one or 12-2, and, and two, and mm-hmm. NC State took them to the woodshed. And, and so – um, you're you're now looking at Florida State like, all right, y'all are next on the clock for like, y'all have a great record. Y'all have done really, really good things so far this season. Mm-hmm. But now you're going to have a, a tough test and a Westmore coach team that, I mean, at the end of the day, River Baldwin ain't the uh, only river on that team that's, that's you know, known to take some folks under because Sanaya Rivers, defensive tenacity, she can do it all, score at all three levels. The playmaking is coming along as well. And you're getting a Diamond Johnson back that's that's getting healthier and, and you know, getting more acclimated to playing again. You're looking at a, a, a tall task there in terms of that um, NC State matchup. So, you know, even though NC State is on the road here, that's still that's never going to be a, an easy out um, for four teams in the ACC or nationally. 
After one of their worst offensive performances on the year, Notre Dame is looking to bounce back against Wake Forest at 7 p.m. on ACC Network Extra. I think that Olivia Miles and company are going to have to really come out with a spark if they want to dominate and really get back into the you know top 10 groove that they should be in because they are that talented. You know, that loss to uh, North Carolina was a tough one that they took, and Olivia Miles was not, you know, you, they say we're great players. You don't stop them. You yeah. can only hope to contain them. Yeah. And they contained Olivia Miles. They made the game tough on her, and her support and cast let her down. Maddie Westbelt and company, the, the bigs mm-hmm. on that squad, they did precious little in that game. So the question is going to be, um, you know, for a bounce-back game, what type of bounce-back game will it be for that team? Will it be a game where Olivia Miles is, is you know, styling profile and putting on the show – and Maddie Westbelt is is making it tough on the the opponents in the paint, and maybe even striking from deep a little bit. Or is this going to be a game where you know it's like, oh well, we lost that last game, and you know we we we're going to let one loss turn into two, and then at some point we'll play a bad team and figure it out and get back in the groove. Who knows? This Wake Forest team isn't one to sleep on. A thousand percent. Louisville and Virginia Tech, a game that will obviously have a lot of implications for who wants a number one seed. I think Louisville was trying to fight for it, you know, NCAA tournament wise. I think it's, you know, almost almost if not, you know, forgotten. But, you know, a Louisville team that on paper was supposed to be really dominant. But now you have Kitley and the girls trying to say, listen, not even ranked big dog. Let's go ahead and just you know enjoy it while enjoy another L that might be your way. You know, I, I think that this is so interesting because while Louisville has struggled throughout mm-hmm. the season and while they have taken some losses that you look at and they're kind of head scratchers, you're still it's it's still Louisville. Yeah. It's like at the end of the day, this is still Louisville. And you're you say to yourself, well, Kidley and company should be able to get the job done. But then you kind of ask yourself, looking at um, Virginia Tech's last five, I mean, you lost to Clemson and you had a bad loss, a, just a really a much bigger loss to Miami. It's the question becomes, I mean, which Virginia Tech team are you going to get to show up a little bit? That's yep. that's going to be a question that's going to have to get asked here. Quiet as is kept, a team that has done really well this season, 14-1 and on the year. Duke will face off against Clemson at 7 p.m. on ACC Network Extra. And I think this Duke team has just, like, really been under the radar in a nice way because Kara Lawson has, of course, had the ups and downs trying to put the right pieces in place. But Duke is one of those teams that you just can't write off. And you know what? When you look at Duke, everybody likes to talk about Kara Lawson and and what she's done in terms of um, in terms of just her and and her ability to coach this team up. But I'd like to give a shout out to Celeste Taylor and Elizabeth Balagun, because those two and their ability to spread the floor has kind of set the pace for what this uh, for what this team is like. At the end of the day, their ability to space the floor out creates more space for everybody else. It makes it a little easier for everybody else to find some room underneath because if you double off one of those two congratulations both are shooting i believe 40 percent or better from the three-point line i'm sorry one shooting 39.7 the other one's shooting 41 they're both shooting very good percentage from three and they're the team's leading scorer so obviously they're finding ways to attack you from deep every time you want to collapse every time you want to help off every time you want to say hey let's make it tough in the paint on player x y and z okay you got to worry about them out there so this is an excellent coaching job by Kara Lawson. This this team 
doesn't have the huge brand names and all that. And, and we talk about Carol Lawson a lot, but their players are showing up and getting it done. And, and so, you know, great season so far. I think they'll be able to pull off a win against uh, Clemson as well coming up here. Syracuse will take on Boston College at 7 p.m. Miami will take on Georgia Tech at 8 p.m. But it, to me, the big game here will be North Carolina and Virginia. I know you're thinking, oh, didn't we just talk about them? But on the women's side of things, number 22, North Carolina facing off a 13-3 and Virginia team who is not the Virginia of old. I think they have a lot of good pieces in place. And North Carolina coming off the high of beating Notre Dame. But let it be consistent. Don't let the highs be too high and definitely have a level head going into this matchup because Virginia wants nothing more than to take down a ranked opponent. We talk about this concept a lot in football, but I think that there's there's a moment for it here in basketball where this could be a, a, a very good trap game for them. Yep. I yep. mean, you're, you're looking at a four-game stretch where you're playing four of the top 20 teams or three of the top – actually, a, a five-game stretch, really, six-game stretch where you're playing five, four of the top 20 teams in the nation in Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, NC State, Duke, right? And then – in the middle of that, you had a Miami team that you were supposed to beat, and what happened? You took a loss. But you come back, bounce back with a huge W against Notre Dame. Absolutely. Love to see it. And now, what do you do for the last game that's unranked in this stretch, right? Against this Virginia team that's shown us. They're a quality team, and they can beat quality teams. Yeah. What do you do against that team that, at the end of the day, they're the only unranked team left on this little uh, stretch that you got here, and then you've got your – Crosstown rivals in both NC State and Duke. Like that's mm -hmm. that's what's coming up next here. So this is a question for this uh, North Carolina team about maturity. Yeah. How mature are you? How well can you do the things that you need to do day in and day out? Because we've seen this in the past where UNC has done a good job of upsetting a team here and there, particularly NC State. They've upset a team here and there that's supposed to be much better than them. But then after that upset, they're like, all right, we've done the thing. We're good yep. now, y'all. The hay's yep. in the barn. And like, yep. Yep. yeah, the hay's in the barn for that game. You got to do more going forward. Yeah, yeah. I think De Deja, Paris, and Alyssa are going to have to have big games here tonight. And I think it's just, again, about consistency. You say you want to be the top dogs, but you're going to have to beat people that, you know, technically you're supposed to be a gimme. You got to beat the gimmies. And I think that's what's something we're, we'll see from North Carolina. All in all, we have some great matchups here, again, happening on Thursday night for the women's side of things. We'll recap and go over them tomorrow. We'll also preview and get ready for best bets with Drizzy Drake as you talk about some of these Saturday matchups for the men. I think it's going to be a great weekend of ACC basketball. If you have not yet followed us, please do so on Twitter at LockedOnACC. Subscribe to the channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Or Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs. Until next time.